Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. What up, what up, what up? College Hoops, Coast to Coast, we're back. T-Skin in the building. If you don't know the name, enter it in Google. You'll, you'll find out a lot of great things. Um, so <laughs> let's just go straight back to the playing days, man. We're going to go straight back to the playing days. Um, how did you, like, just to start hooping? Like, obviously, you didn't play at the high major level, but your team went as far as you could possibly go, and you're, you're a, a legend in the NCAA tournament eyes. Talk a little bit about just growing up playing, how you ended up going, uh, where you did college-wise, and then t- tell us about that journey real quick. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's been it's been uh been fortunate, man. You know, obviously, I um, you know, I grew up in the Washington D.C. area, um, which is you know rich of basketball, right? Um, but at the time, you know, you didn't have all these different you know segues of uh, exposure with you know the EYBL or you know the Under Armour circuit or the Adidas, it was really just one big conglomerate in DC, which was DC Assault. Right. Um, and if you weren't playing with DC Assault, you know, you tend to get overlooked. And that was kind of my deal. Um, and then I ended up going to a junior college out in Texas in uh, Blinn College. And, you know, I was a non-qualifier from my high school. Um, went to Blinn for a year. I knew I liked then, it. I didn't even know you went to Blinn. I didn't know that. Oh, part you didn't know that? Story. I knew I liked it. I know that part yeah of yeah i went to blend for a year man that's when i started to without me knowing it man i was getting ready for my for my coaching career in right. no man's <laughs> land <laughs> i love juco root so, anytime uh, you have juco root we got a whole different respect for you on this show yeah man nah, it ain't all you know it ain't always been pretty man um but you know that was an experience for me that i still i still cherish man because i had to fight through some adversity you know being right. a kid from dc you know, really leaving on a hunch just to go somewhere um, and try to figure it out and give myself a chance. And, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't an easy um, transition from there. Ended up leaving and coming back home, um, back to D.C. And at that point, I didn't know if I wanted to continue hooping because I didn't have a great experience there. 
Um, and I just remember coming home for the summer and I just locked back in, man. And the growth that I had that sophomore summer going into uh, my sophomore year, I ended up going back to a different junior college, which is um, Hagerstown Community College, which is right outside of uh, Allegheny County. And back then, they were pretty competitive. You don't get too many competitive JUCOs back east like you do, you know, in the Midwest and, and down south in Florida. Um, but back then, you know, Allegheny was competitive. Hagerstown was competitive. And, you know, I was in state. So I ended up just kind of going there on my own, paying my own way, um, paying tuition and stuff. And right. You know, one thing led to another. Um, no. I ended up being uh, like the best player on the team. And um, I, my recruitment from high school kind of picked back up. Um, you guys still there? I think I lost you guys. Yeah, we're still here. We're still here. Okay, there you go. We still um, here. We just had you in a solo. Forward, we're, giving, man. we're giving you the ISO. Yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was interviewing myself, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so I ended up, you know, funny story, man, I ended up getting, you know, the recruitment uh, picked back up from high school, some of the schools that recruit me. Um, and then the funniest thing happened, I had a conversation with Coach uh, with Coach Larinaga and his staff. They came in one day and they were like, hey, you know, we really like what you can do. We think you can help us. You know, you technically don't have to, you know, play, you know, another year for us to evaluate you and, you know, offer your scholarship. We take you. And so, like, a, a light bulb hit me, man. And, you know, I was being recruited by, you know, Georgetown, Virginia Tech, some schools out west. But I just knew what the value of having three years did. At the time, I didn't really know. But I thought it felt, you know, felt right. And so I ended up um, being the manager for a year at Hagerstown. Pissed my wow. coach off, man. Coach Keith, I that. apologize if you ever watched this interview. I know he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was it was arguably one of the best decisions I made, and um, ended up sitting out that year. It was a long year, no hoops, and just trying to focus on academics and you know getting my degree or whatever. And um, ended up you know signing with George Mason, get the Mason um, with three years, sophomore year, which was technically my freshman year. There was it was a whole lot of learning that I had to um, go through because in high school I just didn't get that coaching. I was just a hooper, man. I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, you know, when you're 5'11 and in three fourths, people don't really like care how good you are, right. especially when you're under the radar. Right. Um, and so for me, it wasn't like, you know, I had this red carpet of, you know, people telling me I was going to make it this, that, and that. I just love playing a game and, you know, I was a dog. And so that just led to those opportunities. And I ended up at George Mason. Um, and about halfway through my sophomore year, you know, I was um, given the responsibility of being a starter, man, and just didn't turn back. And that led us to the final four, which mm. created, just created so many different opportunities for me, you know, as a pro and then eventually, um, as a coach. I love it. I love it. I should probably pass the mic to my boy, Kevin Sweeney. So I'll let him. Yeah, I, I was muted. I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm struggling with a tactic smile, but I guess, I guess my question off of that would be like, how much did your experience of not being recruited heavily, you know, falling in and out of love with basketball, struggling in, you know, early in Juco influence your desire to want to coach and want to be able to, you know, help young people through this kind of period in your life where you were, you know, struggling at, at points? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is just, um, you know, just getting a dose of like adversity um, at an early age. Um, and it wasn't just always hoops. It was other things, too, that led to, you know, having to go to junior college and just having to go, you know, 
the long route or go through the back door. Those experiences for sure. In the back of my mind, I just knew that, you know, when I was done playing, whenever that was, I wanted to just find a way to just kind of impact kids that, you know, more or less whether they're like me or whether they had the same upbringing didn't really matter. Um, but there's just a certain side of like mentorship that um, you do bring to the table when you're one, not too far removed from the process that they're going through um, as young, you know, student athletes. Um, but also just the side of, you know, everyone runs their own race. Um, you know, some guys start out as five-star guys and, you know, end up nowhere. Um, and some guys start out as just, you know, complete unknowns um, and end up somewhere. And so, you know, just having that opportunity to just be able to mentor different guys from different type of backgrounds. Like I always knew that I wanted to be um, a part of something that would allow me to kind of give my experience, which ultimately, especially when you um, play the point guard position, man, it's really just coaching. So. I really can't get, deal with this mute button. I, we've been doing these things for what, a year and a half? Still can't figure it out two years. But anyway, um, I guess, you know, for you moving to Ohio State this this offseason, talk about your experience kind of joining one of the most really iconic brands in college athletics, not just college basketball, but college athletics as a whole. It's, it is an institution. It is, you know, powerful beyond belief. Its name resonates everywhere, not just in the United States. Um can you just kind of the experience of being at a place like that and uh, maybe the ways it's changed or not changed your, your outlook on, on, on college sports as a whole? No, I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I remember when I first, um, when I first got kind of like a soft text about the potential of, well, first of all, you know, I'm one of those guys that I, I pay attention to certain things and I don't pay attention to certain things. Um, it's like, for six months, I'm pretty active on like Twitter. I'm looking for stuff because that's kind of become, you know, our new newspaper, right? Um, but when it comes to like jobs and, you know, different people moving around, like I tend to like, I just take that information as it comes. And sometimes I miss, I miss a lot of stuff because of that. And um, oh, you got our, you got our deal rolling right now while I'm, while I'm talking, right? You can try to distract me, right? Um, you know, when I had that when I had that opportunity, when I first got the text, I, I just immediately got like excited without really knowing that the job had been open for a while. The position had been open for a while. And so I got the text and then I went back and I looked and I was like, OK, yeah, the assistant um, position that opened up like this guy's been gone. He's been gone for weeks. And typically, you know how this stuff works, man, like you kind of know if you're in a mix for a job and you also know when it like becomes public that things, you know, probably already have done. Um, but I just remember being excited when I got the text, like, man, I, I would love to, you know, have this type of an opportunity. And, um, you know, a couple of days go by, days turn into weeks, and then it just became a reality for me. And it was like, I didn't really get a chance to really like take it in until really our first football game, because we were just on the ground running in June, you know, we had a ton of visits, you know, in July, we were going on the road and, you know, August, we had a little bit of downtime and, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, vacation time. And then next thing you know, it's football season. And, you know, we're right back to recruiting and getting guys on campus. And I played at a non-football school um, at George Mason. Um, you know, I spent a little bit of time at a football school down there, uh, La Tech, which is, you know, smaller dose of obviously what I'm um, in the mix with now. But really, essentially, Seton Hall, no football. So, 
you know, that game against Oregon was my first time really getting a chance to like see like, you know, the program, you know, the brand um, for what it was, um, you know, which I still believe is one of the best programs in, in, in college sports in general. You know, growing up as a kid, you know, you look at certain programs that stick out to you and um, Ohio State is definitely one of them. So my perspective, you know, before I took the job and now that I'm on the job, it's still the same. Kind of looking ahead to to this year's this year's group uh, as the newcomer on staff with a, a, te- a team that has a lot of guys back. Obviously, a new backcourt with with Jamari Wheeler from Penn State and Cedric Russell from Louisiana. Also adding you know some freshmen who are you know exceedingly talented. Um, what what have been the biggest things you've learned about your team? You know since you stepped foot on campus that you know someone who is not around it every day is, or as a fan, as a, as a person who loves the big 10, what would they want to know about this team that you've been able to learn? Man, it's, um, you know, how hard these guys work. You know, I know sometimes it's cliche that, you know, that's like the generic thing to say as coaches, man, like our guys work, but you know, the, the honest, the, the honest truth is just how hard these guys work and how, how much pride they take into, um, just all the different sessions that we have, whether it's, you know, strength and conditioning, um, whether it's yoga, you know, whether it's individual skill um, training or whether it's like a team skill, like these guys are really, really invested. And I think that's what's unique um, about this level because um, these guys have so much pressure on them where, you know, a lot of them are coming in as, you know, some of the best high school players, um, in the country and to, to, to see them just kind of show up every day. Um, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, as a coach, um, it, it makes your job a lot easier. And we've, you know, again, I'm not saying it's just to say we got a really, really good group of guys, um, you know, from, from, from the first guy all the way down to, you know, our walk on, we only have one walk on, um, thanks to COVID, you know, we've got some guys that have, you know, extra eligibility. We're actually losing, I think on paper we're going to lose eight guys, so wow. it's a huge it's a huge turnover for us. Um, but just the collective group and you know how hard they work, man. I think that's been um, you know it's been uh, it's been a blessing to just be a part of it as I learn and you know learn certain things that you know kind of gets them going. Um, you know because every place is different, every culture is different, and you know every player is different. So really, just trying to find that balance has been um, you know it's been fun for me. What would you say about coach? Obviously, he's kind of go- climbed up the ranks, right? As a head coach, which you see guys like, you know, um, you see other guys, Chris Beard, or other guys who have moved up the ranks uh, kind of from that low mid, then they go high. Uh, what is it that's enabled coach to have so much success? And what is it you think that makes him such a good basketball coach? I mean, I, I would say the biggest thing is um, just detail. You know, sometimes, you know, we see things from 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 the outside and we are, we're always questioning, like, Dang, how did that happen or how did this person get here? Um, but I think you have to respect the separation of detail. Um, and in my short time of being here, I mean, I got the job in May, late May. And I just remember the interview process. And I've been through some of these processes before. I mean, I was on like three or four process at the same time it, when I got the Ohio State right. opportunity. So. It was just a little bit different. And I've said this in all my interviews. Um, the details of like how we talk to each other, what he knew, you know, there's some things, things that you can, you can go on the internet and, and find out. Right. 
Um, but then there's some things that you know that you've done your due diligence about. Um, and just being able to be on the phone with them. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a like an interview, like, hey, I know these things about you. You want to tell me more? It was more so like, I don't know you, but everybody that I've spoken to knows you. And these are the things that I've heard. And it was just easy to talk to him and learn right. in learning him. I learned that he was just like a detailed um, person. Right. And then you arrive on campus and you start doing the job and you're like, OK, no knock to any other place because those guys were, you know, you learn a little bit of something from everywhere. Um, but the one thing that just kind of still, you know, rings a rings a bell for me every day, especially now that we're in season and we're practicing every day right. um, and just getting ready for, you know, obviously, hopefully a wonderful season of, you know, expectations. You see what he does every day um, from the detail standpoint and just making sure that everybody's on point, knowing what they're doing. I can't be great. We can't be great if I'm not great. Right. You know what I mean? And then if I'm not great, our players can't be great. So right. he's just a very detail oriented person and just really an easygoing guy as well. That makes a difference. No doubt. Kevin's the Big Ten guy. I don't know if you noticed. Kevin graduated from Northwestern just last year. Okay. So he's been covering Big Ten. He just got hired with Sports Illustrated. So hey man, you guys got a you guys got a stud, man, by the way, in uh Ron Brown Bar. Yes. I'm a big fan of Rowan. Rowan is from the DC area. Um, Rowan plays on the same AAU team that uh, my my son actually plays for. Same, you know, same uh, different age group, the same team. So I, I've known Rowan for a while, and you know that's a that's a steal for 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 uh, Northwestern. Yeah, and then, then that's the. I mean, again, that's I think talking about the league. You know, I think you know you're probably you're still getting accustomed to it, and you know you'll experience it fully this year. I think, you know the things that, that stand out to me every year is that like the quality of recruiting that's done in the league, both with elite recruits, like guys ranked in the top 50, right? Like a Hunter Dickinson or, you know, an EJ Liddell was a top 60, top 70 guy, but also the guys into the, you know, 100 range, you know, like a, like a Rowan or, you know, there are guys on every team that the evaluation by the staffs that they've done to go find these kids and turn them into, outstanding four-year players like a Luca Garza was 121st in 24-7. I coached Luca. I know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know better than I do then. I mean, they, yeah, I was they, in the gym with Luca. like, who is this big dude, man? He should be flipping lumberjacks somewhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> but, you know, the way that the league consistently evaluates talent, I think, has set it apart year over year. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I can't wait to watch it again this year. I think, you know, for, for you guys, for you as a coach and for you as you, know, you guys as a staff, um, how do you prepare your players for a league that's so balanced year over year? I mean, there's so many teams. Like last year, there was, I think, 12 of the 14 teams were ranked at one point during the season. How do you yeah. prepare your team for, for the gauntlet like that during offseason prep in August and September? How do you prepare your team for that grind that's coming? I think I think it's just um... – just understanding that like in order to be successful, man, in order to accomplish um, all the individual goals and all the team goals, I think it's just, you know, important to understand the process of being just an everyday guy. Um, you know, those summer workouts might, might be, you know, might feel meaningless. Um, but the actuality is that like, you know, if you're not getting better every day, you're getting worse. You know what I mean? And that's from an individual standpoint. Um, but also that's, um, you know, the team that from the team standpoint as well. And having a group that understands that, because, you know, you can you can feel it when you're in the gym with guys that are dogging it. 
Right. Um, but you can also feel it in the gym when you're with guys that like really take it serious. Um, and, and having that understanding from top to bottom, you know, we got a bunch of older, we got a couple older guys too that get it, you know, because in, 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 in the uh, in a normal world where COVID didn't exist, these guys are now venturing off into whether right. it's, you know, the next level or whether it's getting a job or whatever it may right. be. And so when you have those guys that are kind of like your leaders, um, it makes it a little bit easier to get them to just buy in from like day one all the way to, you know, day 100 and, you know, 20 something when we start right. actually seeing it coming into fruition. Um, so I just think the buy in is um, the buy in is big time. All right, last one before you go. We like to do a little something here on Coast to Coast where we keep it light, keep it a little funky, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> you got to tell us either a funny story or a good story of something behind the scenes. It can be your playing career, coaching career. It can be this team. It can be one of the teams in the past. It can be you coaching your son. You know what I mean? It can be anything you got, anything you got. Man, you know, you did give me the heads up earlier when we spoke and I didn't even have two <laughs> seconds to think about this story. <laughs> um, let me think here, man. Give me a second, man. A funny recruiting story. Any story. It can be fatherhood story. Just anything entertainment that gives it behind the scenes to either you or the team, whatever you got. Um, I'm trying to give you something good, man. I don't want to leave you guys dry. <laughs> Hold on. Let me think here, man. Man. <laughs> uh, man. Some of them aren't always appropriate for air. You know what I mean? I get that. Yeah, so. Of course. Of course. Of course. It hard. We know you got them. It's just. No, nah, I honestly, man, I'm I'm tapping out right now because I'm like I'm trying to come up with something. Um probably fatherhood is the best ones, man. You, you got you got a son. I'm sure he tries to play you one on one, talk trash, tell you yeah. what you should. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's not that's interesting not though. I'm trying yeah. to do something. <laughs> yeah, that's regular. <laughs> yeah, that's... Our guy Dwayne Broussard on, on our show earlier, he uh, he said his story was him forgetting pants, and he brought his son's pants by accident to a game, and so his wife had to deliver him pants mid game. So oh, it's, it's a high bar to reach, I gotta say. Yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't had that issue. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess one of the one of the um, uh, let me see here. I guess one an interesting one. I won't say it's like super exciting. Is that um, basketball? You know, obviously, I've been playing. You know, I played for a while, and now that I'm coaching, I have three kids. Um, I have a 15 year old, I have an eight year old, and then my daughter's two. And um, I guess my my middle, my eight year old, has been the only one that it was like a normal delivery, as in. I didn't have to do anything crazy to like get back to, you know, my wife, um, my oldest son. Um, and I'm trying to correlate the two and I don't even know if they, they can be correlated, but my oldest son was born August 12th, 2006. And I had signed a contract to go, um, overseas like a couple of days prior. And they, for the love of me, they were like bugging me to come over there. Like, Hey, you're a rookie. We need you in training camp. Mind you, I'm, you know, six foot, 170 pounds. Like I'm never out of shape. Right. Um, I didn't need training camp. 
And um, I basically just blew them off like, hey, my son's about to be born in like a couple of days. Um, I'll show up to camp five days later. And they're like, no, you need to come now. So anyways, I didn't show up until after he was born. He was born on the 12th. They wanted me to come like on the 6th, which made no sense. <laughs> you know, my wife was having an induced, you know, induced labor or whatever. And um, I get there and off the break, like the coaches is like mugging me for like a week straight. Didn't say a word to me, whatever you want to call it. Didn't work out. Ended up getting cut and sent home strictly because of that. And um, wow. so that's the one story about, you know, having a child in the middle of working. Um, the other one is my daughter who was born, you know, two years ago, pre-pandemic. And I had just, you know, I didn't just get the job at Seton Hall. Man, I, I'm forgetting yeah, stuff, man. <laughs> it might've been, it might've been right after, it might've been the first full summer I had gotten to Seton Hall. My wife obviously is pregnant. And um, she was kind of just floating around, you know, the dates that she was gonna have the baby. And it was, oh, that's what it was. It was EYBL, it was Peace Jam. And she was supposed to have the baby like that following week after Peach Jam Sunday. And um, I was in there with like a couple guys, man, high level guys, like top 75 guys. And I obviously ended up going down there. And I think one of my players made it to like either the semifinal game or like the championship game. Right. And then I, and then I get this phone call and like, it was like in the middle of the night though, like 11 o'clock, like, hey, I'm having this baby, whatever. <laughs> so I had to get on a flight the next morning, man, and ended up missing the game. And I got to my wife and my daughter literally like five minutes before the whole deal went down. That's, that's, um, that's right there. I think, you know, I think that's always something that I always remember because I really didn't think I was going to make it. And I would have had an excuse not to make it, but I would I would have had to explain that to like my daughter for the rest of her life. So. Right. Right. Um, I love yeah. it. Did you, get, did you get the kid or did you not get the kid? You got your daughter, but did you get to recruit? I ain't, I ain't get the kid. See? It worked, it worked <laughs> out how it's supposed yeah. to. <laughs> and I probably, and you know, you know, sometimes as coaches, you look back and you be like, man, this is why I ain't get the kid, man. If I have did this, I'd have got him. But most right. of the time, like, you wasn't getting that dude anyway, right? Right, so. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll take oh, that it. one. I'll take that one on the chin. No doubt, no doubt. T skin, fan of legend. Appreciate you taking the time today, man. We enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, good luck this season. And looking forward to following the the Ohio State Buckeyes do their thing this year with my nah, man. I, I, I appreciate. Appreciate it, man. You got to get you some better West Coast um internet service, man. You was chopping up the whole interview. Man, what's up with that, man? <laughs> is that is that we getting too late? I guess in the night we're running out of gas over here. I guess something. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Good to see you. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter. Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.